Hello, listeners. Welcome to Freelance Friday with Vay Casey, a podcast all about freelancing through the opinions and experiences of freelancers. Today on the show, we've got my friend and local DP and producer, Ben Crenshaw, aka Ben Cren. So glad to have him on the show. He does some amazing work, and I'm so glad to have him on for this conversation. Uh, we had this conversation back in April, I believe it was. So it was kind of just a little bit after all the COVID stuff kind of started popping off. And so it was actually the first interview that I did for Freelance Friday during the pandemic stuff. So we will touch on some of that stuff here and I don't have any other separate COVID related interview for you this week. I know it's been a few weeks since I put out my last episode. Work has been a little bit crazy for me and just been trying to get caught up on projects and I have not been able to hire an editor yet due to funds. So I've just taken me a little bit to get an episode out. Anyway, I'm glad to be back here with another episode for you. Without further delay, let's hop into that interview with Ben. So I need sound. So just went in the closet. <laughs> so every time this little arrow would like pop up. That was great. And it's just your mouth sounds. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, I would have thought that was like digital or something. I'm like, ew. I don't know where to find that exact you know i don't even know yeah i don't even know what to call that exactly and i thought about i wonder if i could like sell some of these i literally don't know I mean, what its title would be yeah that's pop or like i thought about this too because i thought about getting into stock stuff dude and right now? oh Come man on. i'm saying but i kind of i saw you on light stock you've got quite a bit on there yeah a decent amount yeah i i uh does that work for you at all I make a little bit of money off of it. I really, if I put more time into it, yeah. Like, I know Sean Maneri. You know him? Sean Maneri? I don't. Okay, he's a photographer here in town. He okay. uh, was one of their, like, founding contributors. Oh, okay. And so Lightstock was based in Plano, I think. Really? And he's friends with some of the people that started it. So hmm. he got in early <laughs> on with it. And... uh. I mean, I think he really started making some pretty solid money off of it early on, especially because my understanding with stock is that if you want to do well in stock, you really got to get in on a platform early on yep. and get a beefy library from the start because sure. you'll get, eventually they'll get to a point where they'll stop taking submissions for certain types of content because there's already so much of that in their library. Yep. And if you are the one that has the stuff in that library, you're going to have the leg up. Yep. Um, and plus just like that compounding like income. Right. And if so, if, I mean, I remember, I remember reading like a case study or something on this one couple on Lightstock that, uh, I think they were pulling in like 10 grand a month Oh shit! off of stock stuff. <laughs> I mean, I think they probably had like hundred thousand images or something like that. Dear God. You know, 10,000. I don't know. I don't remember. It's been a while since I looked, but I just remember it being like insane. Wow. But it was just like, yeah, our goal is like every month we are submitting a thousand new images that mm. that's just like, that's what we're doing. Yeah. And if you're constantly thinking about it on shoots while you travel, blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, they're doing stuff specifically for that. Oh, see, that's the goal. Like so there's one company, Prixel Creative, that's on Lightstock is like one of the big ones. And they, mm-hmm. I mean, all the like, scenes of Jesus carrying a cross on the right. mountaintop at the disciples following. Sure. I'm like, they're going and getting the wardrobe and building the cross and finding the location and sure. getting the act, you know, the talent people to, to do all that stuff. 
So I'll have to say I've, I've got some stuff. Most of the stuff that I have up there has been like just stuff that I've shot with friends mm-hmm. or, uh, some of it is just travel stuff that I've been out and about and shooting stuff. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Or, uh, I'm just going to go shoot some textures for like 20 minutes this afternoon yeah. and, and see if these do anything. Sure. <clears throat> Easy. And then one, some of them was even, I just like had a backdrop set up one time. And so I set a, I had a remote. And so I just started doing different like poses. Like I saw, I saw those <clears throat> and those, like I've sold a few of those. Really? Yeah. It's kind of funny. I'm like, dude, but that's I think I probably make like a couple dollars a month. Okay. Four or $5 a month at this point, but I don't put anything. I haven't put anything up there in forever. Okay. And it's been, so I, I, I right should. now have probably 25 to 30 clips on there and it's random stuff. But then I have, uh, a client in Fort Worth, this church that I've shot with for forever and bro freaking life group shots. Oh man. People just, Oh, Hey, hug. Yeah. Hey, let's pray. Like praying together in a group of like young people together. Hotcakes, bro. 20 bucks a month, every, every month. So did you, it's not, it's not huge, but I mean, but still, and it's, you already shot that for other stuff probably, right? Yeah. They, they commissioned that to like be a video and service and talk about life groups and the importance of it. And so did you get releases, model releases signed from people? Uh, yeah, I talked with the client ahead of time of like, Hey, here's a deal. Um, this is what I want to do with it. Um, can we clear it with all the people that will be there? And they're so lax about it and like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's That's cool. That's cool. So it worked. It's, it's worked out well. So, uh, why have you not done more of that stuff? Or have you? Is this fair? Like, is this something you started doing recently? Or? No, um, just laziness. I need, I need to, cause we know the shots, like, cause I came from a church background of like being the video director at a church. Right. So I'm in charge of putting everything together, um, shooting videos, editing, um, coming up with creative. So, and with a very, very, very limited budget. Yeah, so yeah. Having resources, it's like answer that question for yourself. It's like, um, what would I have killed for? Like what four shots would I have just oh, twenty bucks and I can have all this and that job's done. You know. Yeah. So that's a good point. I would love to I would love to get to that place where we can set up stuff like that. Because um, I've tried with film supply and a couple others and they're so booked all the time. So yeah, part of it. It's a, uh, as I've thought about getting into the stock world more, I kind of go back and forth on whether to try to partner with platforms like film supply mm-hmm. or light stock and, or, and to contribute to those places. Yeah. Or if I just try to build my own, like this is Casey's yeah library and doing all my own like social like advertising work. Sure. And and like slow rolling it for more of like a long term payoff. I don't know. Because there's a I've there's a lot there too. are a lot of trade offs. Yeah. And the exposure you get from those platforms. Yep. For sure. And all I gotta do is submit my stuff and get paid. Right. Like I the go shoot, I do this stuff. <laughs> like that's yeah, like like that's it, right? Like yeah. they're taking care of the infrastructure, they're taking care of finding the clients or taking care of marketing right. stuff for me. Uh, and, and so that's kind of really where, I don't know, it's really enticing to go that route, but 
it's just hard. I've, I've thought the same thing. I'm like, doing it myself. They can't tell me no. Right. Right. They can't, but will <laughs> enough people see it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't know where these people are. Like, cause I have some shots of my wife just like, you know, looking out the window or whatever. She's like, babe, this is so weird. Like, where are we going to be one day? And we just see my face. <laughs> and like, I don't know. We'll find out. Like, sorry, babe. They, uh, they paid for coffee this month, so I don't care. <laughs> but, uh, so before we started getting rolling, you were mentioned something about COVID or like Daystar or something that you said. Yeah. Uh, so right when, I think it was right when the shelter in place hit. So what was that? God, mid-March maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the producers at uh, Daystar Film called and was like, hey, obviously the film industry is dead right now, right? Like nobody's getting work, nobody's booking work. But uh, we have a, you know, we have an FCC license. It's like one of a couple hundred in the United States. So they can't stop. Like they're not allowed to stop broadcasting. So that whole office is just grinding through all the time, all the time. So they said, hey, you know, um, you're kind of on our, like I'm on one of their like um, freelance filmmaker list of just people to call for stuff. And they're like, we want to up our YouTube channel because a bunch of people are just sitting at home. And instead of watching fear-based news, <laughs> why don't you watch something, um, you know, positive and get the word. So uh, come in and be an editor. And just we've got backlog of years of episodes of shows. Um, and so you can have as much work as you want. Monday through Friday, 9 to 6, like bring it on. So. I did that for, I I did like three weeks straight of that, just sitting in like in their office, little editing bay. Been there before. Gorgeous. Yeah. Um. Not not my cup of tea per se. Yeah. Because I like to be outside. No, I feel that. But <laughs> very nice facilities. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, did that three weeks straight and then um, took a little break for a little bit and then did, did a couple other weeks, but. It was great, man. It just perfect timing of obviously none of the clients I typically work with were booking. No one's booking shoots. Like no one's really sure, you know, procedure for COVID on mm-hmm. any level. So that was crazy blessing for sure. What, uh, so what happened after the three weeks? You just kind of over it or work well, was done or no, you start getting um, other stuff? So a couple things happened. Since I've seen you too, I'm now a father. <laughs> hey, congrats. Thank you, man. Baby daddy over here. That's right. Um, so yeah, we had Cyprus uh, like two weeks before that. So uh, March 4th, we had Cy. And then like two or three weeks later, shelter in place was in effect. So uh, obviously was super thankful for the gig at Daystar, but... Um, and just after a while, it's just tough to, with a newborn, leaving her and um, Becca just at the house by themselves. Um, and after a while, it was like, okay, I think I need to take a little bit of a break. And obviously, I'm just as much parent as she is. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it was good. It was it was a healthy thing. We kind of got into a stride where I'd work a week, take a week off, and just chill with them and get to help her um, during the day. and during the night and all that. So it's cool, man. It was great. Are you, uh, are you still doing that right now? 
Or what, you, uh, what have you been doing work-wise the last couple of months? I am not. Um, so, like I said, I did that for for a couple months. Um, and then after a while, we felt like, you know what, this whole thing of like me being home and helping out, it's pretty nice. <laughs> and I was enjoying it, of course. Um, but also like at that exact same time, I had like three or four clients call me and like, all right, let's, let's roll. Let's get back to work. Like, oh my God, like it's perfect timing. So, um, it was an amazing like stint with Daystar and they're, it's a, they're a great crew. Um, super thankful for that. But yeah, it, it literally happened at the same time. And the second I stepped off editing with them, I, I had already booked like three or four shoots. Dude, so that's awesome. It was crazy. I wish I could say the same. I've it, had like four it, gigs since what it's currently June 12th. Jeez. And I've had, I think four or five small projects, very small since like the beginning of December. Wow. Man. Dude. Ugh. It's crazy, man. It is. And I, and I know that my situation is like lightning in a bottle and that did, did not happen for most people. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's just nuts. It's uh, some people have, yeah, I feel like some people have not really been too affected by it. It's been interesting to kind of see uh, how it's affected different people. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine, like, there's a friend of mine that is a bass player, and his yes. wife ha- has an autoimmune disease or something. Oh, and no, so dude. they don't feel comfortable with him taking any gigs right now. Thankfully, yeah, like, can't. she works from home and, oh, and that, makes okay. enough That's to support both of them. But it's like, all right, he's kind of, you know, now that, people are starting to book gigs again. He's been having to turn gigs down left and right. Oh Cause she's just gosh. like, they're not comfortable with doing it yet. And I'm like, wow. Oh yeah. Musicians gosh, is the other side, right? It's like film industry shut down. Cause it's a team based, um, team sport. Yep. Um, and then musicians, bro. Like I've talked to a, a couple of buddies that that's all they do is gig out mm-hmm. and they're taking whatever they can get. They're doing manual labor jobs or like my brother-in-law's installing windows, like yeah. anything. Dude, I've been doing that too, man. That yeah. kind of stuff like because construction don't stop. odd jobs, yeah, or like <laughs> doing auto like mechanical work right. for friends. Like that's great, dude. Kind of like you need a bike tune up. Cool, come over <laughs> here. You got a brake problem? I got you. We can finally ride your bike. <laughs> yep, come on. That's Our wild. answer is always yes, we can. That's correct because <laughs> we ain't doing nothing else. All right, one second. Yeah, I uh, I ran off rechargeable batteries on my Zoom for years, and then of course one time during a long deal it shat out, and uh, so spent the whatever four dollars on the power supply thing that it doesn't include somehow. Like, how is that not standard with this thing? But now I never use batteries. They're in there just for backup, but I always plug it in. <laughs> Have you, um, have you seen, it's the, cause this is the H like six or something. Have you seen the F six? It's more of like a, um, interface looking dude. So yeah, it's the F six. Um, there's a feature on it with audio. I forget what the feature is called but consider it like raw footage of audio. Okay. So like 
you're running around filming B-roll somewhere or doing something else and you don't have time to go and like ride gain levels, it doesn't matter because it's raw and you can save all of it in post. Okay. Zoom F6. F6. Yeah. Insane, dude. Okay. Like I've watched the video and the waveforms like clipped hardcore and then he brings it down and then you start seeing the peaks just come back. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Crazy. Never seen anything in my life. <clears throat> it's nuts. Now, obviously, audio is priority all the time and we'll get to ride those faders, but in the off chance that you just can't or someone, you know, yeah. blows it out or something. So stupid. Can't have a good video with bad audio. Yes. I just saw somebody post that. Like, um, here's an example of um, a shitty video with great audio. They basically just like made it like 480 and you yeah, know, it was obviously filmed and gorgeous, but you're like, oh, that's great. And then he's like, all right, now here's the same thing, obviously like in 1080, but with shit audio. And he's like, imagine that, but like on a feature film or a short even like you would take the great audio all day long. Who oh, cares yes. what it looks like? hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. It's like, okay. It's, it's, uh, we had a saying when I was in high school in this AV class I took that was can't polish a turd. If it's trash to begin with, like tough to, you can't really make a shit on a sound. Pig or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a dude. So what's a kind of, what's your background as far as getting into freelancing and, um, from, yeah. Um, so I, um, I, I did like photography, darkroom photography in high school. I was super into that. Um, it was more along the lines of like, they're training everyone to create yearbooks basically, but <clears throat> all the projects were, you know, studying composition and, um, learning how to develop your own film and printing and the whole bit. So super fun. Um, would do that tomorrow. Uh, at the same time, it was a pretty large high school in Houston. They also had a film program. Um, and it was called like video technologies or something. And one of the most incredible like programs I've ever seen. Um, and I know you, you and I have talked about this, like if this doesn't exist anymore, like I'm bringing this back. Yeah. Like, this is insane. Um, so yeah, it was like a two, no, it was a three-year program. You could get in as a sophomore. Um, but yeah, the, the guy that taught the class was like a paleontologist and just loved film, loved making films, loved um, watching films and like analyzing. And so I think he approached the school because his wife was like a math teacher or something and was like, hey, y'all need a program like this. Would you let me run it? And they're like, absolutely. So we learned um, script writing. We learned composition, um, um, camera movements, After Effects. Like it was crazy. So started all of that stuff, learning. Um, you know, basically like film school in high school. Yeah. Um, so got into that early on, and then was like, okay, that's kind. Of, that, that was a fun like period high school. You know, that was fun, and I pursued music for a long time. Uh, was a worship leader for like 10 years. Um, never thought I'd like do anything visually. Um, and then right around like that 
2011-2012 DSLR revolution when it's very easy to, you know, create like decent little films. <clears throat> I fell back in love, man. I was with a buddy and he was shooting a project and just needed some help on it and so um jumped in, fell back in love and was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. This yeah. is awesome." <laughs> uh so yeah, um worked at a church for five years as a video director, um, after that, uh, and then went freelance, um, in 2016. So, okay. uh, four years. Yeah. July 2nd will be four years. So yeah, man. Getting up there, circle. man. I know I'm old, bro. <laughs> Not really, but what, a. Is there anything in particular that drew you to freelancing or like versus sticking with the church gig that you were at or, yeah. or working for somebody else, you know, like having a more mm -hmm. consistent gig? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, obviously there's benefits of both, but mm -hmm. um, that church was like my first like quote unquote desk job or whatever, you know, where you're showing up um, and working, you know, eight to six, nine to six, whatever. It was my first like structured job outside of, you know, like waiting tables and stuff. So that was great. A salary was awesome. Could count on it was great. Um, but after a while diving more into like the, the filmmaking world, just realizing, um, uh, realizing what I had learned through all that experience. Cause at that time, like now I'm like in the film world, like I'm, I'm studying films again. I'm like meeting filmmakers in the DFW area, um, going to conferences and like just totally delving into it and realizing like, dude, I could do this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. sure. Uh, we'd created some really cool content at the church, I think for the time. And, um, but there's a huge difference in creating something for someone commissioned and, you know, your art, you creating, you getting to put your stamp on, um, something. So, um, that was something the Lord just called me out of. It was, um, I was perfectly happy just taking a check and, you know, working with them. Um, but, uh, pretty quickly realizing the, the Lord had called me to just step out and just leave. Um, I was, I wasn't really planning that. Um, but yeah, it just happened. And, um, yeah, uh, I was excited to, it was scary, obviously to just leave with no gear, no, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. no backup. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been amazing. Did you have any clients lined up or any projects or anything like that when you made the decision to leave the church? Um, what did you kind of, how did you couple. go about getting work? Yeah. Um, so obviously I, we were at a, pretty large church for the area. It was in Weatherford. So like west of Fort Worth. Okay. Um, so not a huge area, but the church we we're at was pretty large for that area. So my first clients were just business owners in the area. I had a buddy that owned a tattoo studio, um, had, um, another buddy that's a lawyer. So like local tiny businesses like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So anybody that goes to that church, which they're probably, four to 6,000 people, every video they see, they know, Oh, that, that's, that's been Crin. Um, so yeah, that was my, there were a couple people like when I first left, 
um, they were like, oh, sweet. Like, you know, you can make our videos because I was working crazy hours at the church and They'd seen you around for a while. Yeah, and for sure. Work, so there's already some sort of a, an introduction to you and what you could do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So that that certainly helps and got it started for yeah. sure. Uh, did you find them, are they reaching out to you or is it stuff where you're like letting, you let people know, hey, I'm doing this thing. Was it something that you made like an announcement from the pulpit or did you like broadcast on, you know, push it out on Facebook? Yeah. Um. I did, I did a little bit of like marketing of, Hey, this is, this is me and this is what I'm doing. Um, and it was a pretty big step. Cause like I said, I'd been there for five years and all the relationships I made, they'd known me as like the guy that you never see. Cause he's editing probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I had more people reaching out to me just because they knew I had stepped out. Uh, in hindsight, I should have been like, um, chasing down those, those people and like cold calls and stuff like that. Um, but you don't know what you don't know. So, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and now later I did, cause it's like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta find some work. <laughs> these, these, these jobs are great, but these are just, just my buddies. And after a while uh-huh. they get a video and it'll last for four years. Yeah. So they're not just hiring you again and again and again. I mean, right. Be nice. It would be nice. I've not had that experience really work that way very often though (laughs) yeah uh so you okay so you left the church yep started freelancing yep having some work coming in a little bit yeah do a few projects with your friends what's kind of like what was going through your mind how are you feeling what's your day-to-day looking like like now or back Then, then then yeah um back then it was um I will do anything to be able to, like, I was thrilled to just be doing that by myself at all. You know what I mean? Um, so I just like, man, I will turn down nothing. I will cold call. I will, you know, I will do anything to get to do this art Mm -hmm. as my job. This Mm -hmm. is incredible. Um, and not have to show up at a certain time to a desk job, um, not have to like sit in meetings that are point, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, man, I was, I was hitting everybody up and I was, you know, doing videos for dirt cheap, like, like embarrassing. Um, would it be like, you, like you're pitching them pricing or, would uh, you, or how, how would, would you, you say doing a dirt cheap? What's. Uh, so, well, I would pitch like from a marketing standpoint, right? Because, you know, you could make an amazing video, but if they don't know what to do with it, then, you know, it's no good. So I would say, Hey, you've got this brand, you've got this company, whatever. Um, here's what we could do. Here's, I've seen this other page, like, and they're killing it. Like, let me help you build that for yourself. And so a lot of people would see examples of other things and like, oh, let's go there. So using examples of more successful businesses and showing the value of having a presence like that. Um, but dude, I, was, I remember, and this is, a, this is a buddy of mine, so he's certainly got buddy pricing too, but I remember going to Houston for two or three days and for like two videos, I think I did $300. Woo! And he like out of his pocket, like, paid for my gas kind of, you know, the, yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, like I would do anything. Like it was, 
I was thrilled every morning I woke up just to be able to do that, you know? Uh-huh. So, yeah. There's a nice, like, a very kind of, like, freeing feeling. Mm-hmm. There's also a little bit of a sinking feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that certainly was also there. <laughs> it's that, like, there are roses and yep. flowers and the sun is shining through, but there's this, mm-hmm. like, in the background. You're right. like, oh. Rent still exists. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, my dad, like, fronted me money so I could buy my own gear. Like, I literally had nothing. So did you have to pay him back for that? Oh, absolutely. He knew. Okay. We've always had a great relationship, and um, he knows I'm good for that kind of stuff. And so he's like, dude, let me help you out. Tell, Give me a number, and I'll, you know. It's like, oh, God, thank you. That's and even great. the, and the church. not charging you interest, though, right? Oh, no. Yeah, no, yeah. That's, that's, that's the. That's prime clutch. right there. That's prime right there. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> or were so, you going to say something about the church? I was going to say, before that, the church, like, I left on really good terms which was awesome. And I encourage anybody, if you're about to leave your desk job to go freelance, which is exciting. Don't burn that bridge. Don't. I'm just going to go a little bit further and say, don't burn bridges. Oh, at all. Yeah. Like period. I like that. You can walk away. You don't, yeah. have, to go, you don't have to cross that bridge. No. And you even not, if. You don't have to set it on fire. No doubt. Even if you're pissed, even if, you know, fill in the blank, just keep it, keep it chill. So left on great terms, they were like, listen, we don't know what to do with video equipment. We had, which they had a ton of because I'd help purchase it for them. Um, and they let me use their equipment, just come and pick it up whenever I wanted uh, for about 18 months after wow. I left. Anything. I'm talking wow. lights, cameras, lenses, stands, teleprompter, anything I needed. So, yeah, it was, it, it was cush. Damn, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course, I didn't, I didn't know back then that um, clients pay for rentals. For yeah. Production. You're like, Oh, does it cost me anything? Right. So, right. So I, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Again, you don't know what beautiful you Beautiful naivety. Mm-hmm. So, oh man. <laughs> yeah. So that was really nice. So what happened that made, that got you to the point where you started realizing that you needed to start charging for gear? How'd you handle that um, stuff? I'm trying to think. I'm, I was thinking about this the other day, like the first day that I build for rentals, I think, and it, it basically comes down to, I've, you know, invested thousands in my personal gear that clients are getting, you know, at a reduced rate just so I can get in the door, right? That's how I started doing it. Um, but at the end of the day, um, that is part of production um, and those tools are needed. And especially... If I think the first time it happened was a client was like, Hey, we want to do X, Y, Z. Can we do that? And I'm like, Oh yes. I don't have the gear that can do that. So that was my first like obvious, you don't have a slider, you don't have dolly track or you don't have, um, whatever. Um, and I talked to a buddy and he's like, dude, just bill it to them. Like, of course, duh. Like, Oh my God. Right. Well, because at that point, too, with the excitement, with the being scared shitless, because, you know, it's all on you financially, it's also like the, um, oh shit, I lost my train of thought. It's the, um, oh, I can't remember. Talking about charging rental fees. What was I? I don't know. 
I totally lost that. <laughs> <laughs> I've done this before. Um, I did it one time where I had to literally like pause and go back and listen to what we were talking about. Oh, wow. And then come back and like, all right, cool. Oh, I got and it. we got it. Nice. Well, um, <coughs> yeah, I have no idea. I know you're talking about charging rental fees that you had, that you had never done it before. And then you had yeah. to look for a slider and your buddy was like, rent one. And you didn't realize that it was even a thing. Yeah. I, it's I gone. No. Okay. Cool. So yeah, um, eventually I did. Uh, and then you go, oh yeah, this is gear that we have to have. And you start logically thinking like, if I have to have it, you will pay for it. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I was scared to scare people off. Oh yeah. So with the excitement of owning a business, awesome. The fear of financial, you know, responsibility all on you now, um, and expenses too. Also with that is fear of like, losing out on clients or scaring them away with pricing. Right. So I just didn't know that that was standard. And I think, um, working on bigger productions and you finally see a call sheet or like a price breakdown, you're like, Oh, that's how they do. They don't just own a hundred thousand dollar Fisher dolly. That is rent, you know? Uh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. Or even if they do still yeah. getting paid for as if it's a rental. Yeah. Which they don't even, you, you're actually not, you can't buy those, like the only rental houses. Oh, really? Because mm-hmm. it's such a liability. They weigh like a billion tons. That's a big number, but. Wow. Pretty close. I think it's bigger <laughs> than like, a, like an Airbus. Yeah, probably. <laughs> they weigh just under that amount. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a, so then I wonder, we start our own rental company. Oh, come on. Side shoot. For the production, mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, can't own my own Fisher Dolly. Check this. Look out. at me now. I like no, but you're a rental house. Like, dang it. Ah, still got, got me. me. Got me. Dang it. <laughs> so yeah, rent your stuff, bill it, or if you own your gear. So um, do you do you bill rental uh, fees for gear that you own? Uh, depends on the project, um, but uh, long answer, yes. Um, and what I do is, and this is kind of how, if, if, if the client asks, um, I break it down like this cause it makes sense, right? If I were to go rent this, you know, C200, this monitor, this, um, like your Ronin, like that stuff, it will cost X amount. So like 600, 700 bucks for the day. I own it and we'll rent it to you for 400. So you're going to have to pay for it either way. Um, you might as well use mine. Mm-hmm. So, um, and most times they're like, oh yeah, okay. We didn't know what that cost anyway. So, oh, thanks. And cool. then, and then, you know, you're, you're helping them out because they didn't know and you just saved the money. So. Have you ever had people push back or, or, or be weird whenever you talk to them about that stuff? Um, not really because. I've had it on other things like editing because it's such a like mysterious thing that they don't understand. Like, what do you mean? It's just, all you got to do is just sit down at a computer and just do it. Like, how is it $800? I'm like, okay. Using the word justice, (laughs) not, not exactly it. Um, so yeah, normally I don't get pushback on rental stuff. It's kind of like travel, right? It's pretty standard. Just like gas is, pretty standard or yeah. like a hotel room. You pretty much know what that's going to be. Um, 
So I don't, I don't normally get pushback on that anymore. Um, it's usually like my services that they question because they haven't seen, you know, they haven't like gotten a quote from you and from another filmmaker and, and right. seen like a collective. Oh yeah. I guess that I is guess pretty kinda, standard. Yeah. That's just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be that for just something that's so easy. Right. As seemingly <laughs> yeah. like, well, actually I've done this for eight years. Yeah. I had a, uh, makes me think of a client I had one time and I showed up to shoot and it's just me by myself with the camera. And he was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I thought it was going to be like, basically he's like, he thought it was going to be a bit bigger of a production than that. And I'm like, I think I'm like, Nope, we don't need that. Don't, you know, here we are. Now is that, I think it was because I was charged. Like, I think I probably, I'm trying to remember. I, I know I was charging like premium rates mm-hmm. because the company did like uh like server service provider for like big like vendors, like malls and stuff oh, like wow. that. And okay. so I'm like, if my work helps you land one contract, exactly. it's gonna be a seventy thousand dollar a month contract for the next two years. Right. Like that's worth some money. So I'm gonna charge yeah. you a bit more for that. Mm-hmm. And part of me feels like his thinking that there was going to be a bit bigger production was because of the price tag on it. Right. Yeah. And I'm going in my mind. I'm like, no, it's not because of the it amount of work that's going into it. Right. It's because of how you're using it and what value sure. it's bringing to you. Yeah. And, and that's, that all, it all comes from like education of what it takes yeah. to pull it off. It's like, if you know that you're using natural sunlight, maybe a bounce to some diffusion and a camera just for some B-roll shots of your facility, I don't need like this huge thing. Um, and at the end of the day, they paid for videos. Yeah. At the end of the day. It's tough. I, I've started to kind of try to do stuff that's a little more, I don't know, flashy is the right word to use, okay. but more of a making more of a production out of the production. Okay. Because I'm like, I'm on set all the time. I'm doing this stuff all the time. Yeah. Not a big deal, right? Yeah, you not can so do no- it. No- you well, I'm just thinking like it's not so novel or like, oh my goodness, I'm going to be on set today. Right, right, right. But this person over here isn't like that. And mm. so it's like field trip day. Yeah, absolutely. And so if they're showing up for field trip day and it's like kind of like underwhelming. Sure. It's like, well. Wait, I just paid you 50 grand. To- yeah. <laughs> and, I th- and I think on some level, there's probably some sort of a, an experience that they're looking to get with that. And so I'm like, yeah, dude. Okay. Starting to kind of think about that. Like, how can I provide a little bit more of that experience along the way? Because mm. the way, because I mean, that's always been my thing before is like, you're hiring me for a video. You're hiring right. me for photos. I'm doing my job. Like, yeah. No, I, I think that's really good, like business advice. Like, um, because the, their knowledge of the industry is almost nothing. All you'd really have to do is there's some things that you could do to like, like better the production, um, add value. Um, and even simple things like a matte box on a camera makes yeah. it look real. Well, you know what I mean? Kinda, it also depends on whether you are working with a crew or an agency sure. as like a hired DP yeah. or producer or whatever mm-hmm. versus being an independent where right. it's just you are everybody directly with the client. Yeah. And so I think if I think if I was working with an agency, I would not really focus any on the client experience because I'm focusing solely on the production. Right. And I know that 
the account manager or somebody else is probably going to have snacks there. They're probably going to schmooze with the client and do yeah. all that other stuff. But if it's me by myself, it's on you. I'm going to show up with coffee. Sure. I'm going to send them a gift card. That's correct. Next, the next week. Thanks Our for boy. your business. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do all these things. And, uh, and so there is a little bit of a differentiation, I guess, between kind of what that looks like. Yeah. The producer in between role uh-huh. when you're a, that's a, that's a thing for sure that I've learned slowly over the years as a freelancer is that you're a business owner. So yep. you play producer, director, DP, uh-huh. sound, gaff, grip, the whole thing on these smaller things. Um, but the difference of having that kind of go between person on the agency end, on the, you know, branded side. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. It's pretty nice, man. Cause I can focus on the project, which yeah. is what I've been hired for. Yeah. And you can deal with all the rest. Uh huh. Oh yeah. It's a beautiful thing. It- and they'll probably be your advocate too, like fight oh, for, for you. Oh, for sure, dude. Because they know. they talk to the client, and when I just want to be like, like go off, or just be upset, or just be mm-hmm. short with somebody. Yeah. Because I'm like, how do they not see this? How do they not right. understand? This? It's so yeah. simple. It's yeah. just that's a lot on the screen. It's not baked in. Oh my god! I told you that we were going to probably need to do 15 takes, and it was going to feel awkward and weird because sure. that's just how it is. I need you to just please do this again. You know, like, yeah. or whatever it is, like, yeah, yeah, no, man. your hair looks fine. I promise you, <laughs> it looks great. Can we please roll? The shadows are fine. I don't, I'm not going to open it up anymore. I'm, Do I look I'm like done. I have bags under my eyes? I don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's see where we talked about coming out of the church stuff and going freelance mm-hmm. and doing that. Uh, most like where do you get most of your work nowadays like over the last couple of years has um, been like referrals that go out and get it what's it's been a lot of referrals which is god so so crazy blessed for that um my thought process me and my wife got married two years ago she was living in grant not grand prairie in grapevine i was in fort worth and we're like Shh, we're both freelance let's just go to dallas dallas is awesome so my thought process back then was, I don't know like local directors, DPs, gaffers, like I don't know industry people. I really don't. Um, because I was just doing my own thing. Like we talked about, you're the business owner, you're yeah, the yeah. face, but I want to get on cruise. I want to build my own crew. So my goal was like in a year, every Monday, I put it on my calendar, reach out to somebody in the industry locally, Right. So whether that's a director or a producer. Um, so now because I've done that, I've built relationships with these people and we're on set together, which is awesome. So whether I'm their DP, their dolly grip, um, whatever it is, I've, I've had a lot more of that and I'm super thankful, um, for those relationships. So a lot of it's coming from referrals. Um, and then I still have some contacts, um, that like churches or like nonprofits that still reach out. Cause we've just done, um, work together for a long mm-hmm. time. Uh, you mentioned that you would like reach out to people on Mondays, do that yeah. kind of deal. Yeah. And you would end up getting some work through that stuff. Sure. Well, how would you reach out? What would you say to them and how did that, 
like what do those relationships kind of look like as they unfold? Yeah. Um, so a couple things, uh, a lot of it was Instagram, you know, a lot of, uh, film industry is, um, putting their portfolio on Instagram or, um, and then that leads to their website. Right. So like there are some people that I've probably passed a, a time or two, um, but knew of their work. And so I would, I would reach out on Instagram, just be like, Hey, I'm like an up and coming DP. Um, just moved to Dallas. Um, don't really know anybody. Can I take you to coffee? Like, I just want to, I'd love to get to know you and not like, Hey man, do you ever need a DP? Hit me up. Like that's so unpersonable. Um, and I, I got this really good advice. I can't remember who told me about this, but it was kind of talking about that whole reaching out to creative people that you admire, um, like virtually. And they said like, don't just like comment on somebody posted a new short film and be like, Oh man, your work is sick. Like, what about it is sick? Like maybe like what, it doesn't sound like you care if you're just like, Oh dude, that guy's work is incredible. It's like, yeah. okay. What about which it? Which film? What about this? Do you like? So I was like, okay, I will not be that like, Oh dude, your stuff's so sick. Like let's, let's collab. I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> I want, I want you to know that I'm like studying your stuff and here's why I appreciate it. So I told myself I'll reach out to these people, expect nothing but also like if they post something, I'll just comment and be like, Hey dude, I loved that second scene where like the light hit just that rounded corner, bro. So clean, like little things like that, specific stuff. And that stuff stands out because I'm sure those guys get comments. Oh bro. So clutch. Oh, it's killer. It's the best. And it's like, sure. What about it? Like, so, cool. Fluff, fluff, fluff. Gotcha. Right. Like, I don't want to, it doesn't seem like you are, care or like are paying attention. So, um, yeah. And that got these people's attention. Um, and we ended up grabbing coffee or, um, like hanging out socially. And then of course, just like you and me, like we just talk about film industry stuff, talk about projects we're working on. Um, and luckily that's turned into friendships and, um, luckily a lot of work that we've got to, mm. I've got to hire them for stuff and they hire me and, you know, back and forth. So, I think just being intentional with your compliments with how you engage, because if, if you're not like really paying attention to what's so sick um, and letting them know, then you're just like another voice on Instagram. Yeah. 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 Uh, so then with that, I mean, it sounds like you have a couple of different types of projects that you will take. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning that you, it sounds like maybe you work on crews yeah. as a hired hand. Right. Or a uh, hired role. Yeah, different roles for sure. it sounds like sure. you might also take stuff where you're doing more of the full production. Yep. Uh, is there any differences in the way that you handle those different types of projects or structure the relationships within them or anything like that? Yeah. Um, I would say, um, both of them obviously like bring better than your a game. Right. So over deliver, um, work your butt off 
Um, but the relationship's just different because again, you're having to on the, like if I go out and do full production, like I just finished up one for a buddy that opened up a, a co-work space in Alito. So just me. Um, but I'm still playing like that producer role. Um, just like you would in an agency and I'm the business owner. So, um, I'm having to like a, talk through like a plan for marketing. What are we doing with this after? What's the, you know, when normally when you're on a crew, I'm just here to dolly grip and, you know, or like gaff or something um, and hang lights and like work with the DP and the director. And that's the end of the conversation. You know what I mean? They've already worked the rest of it. So um, obviously the things are the same as that you work your butt off. But um, yeah, I think the the job just ends a little sooner with the crude jobs because there's budget for six different roles on set. Um, and they have a producer already there dealing with details and here's what social is going to look like. And this is going to eventually land in web and here's our, um, all of our licensing for music and that's all been worked out for mm. us. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit shorter of a, of a deal, but do you charge differently? for like one versus the other? Uh, yeah, well, no. So basically, um, so if I'm doing full production, I'm not just, um, I'm not just DPing, right? Right. So I'm directing this overall creative project, director, bill for that. I am DPing this project because I'm designing the light. Um, I am setting this up compositionally. I'm shooting, I'm pulling focus. There's your AC. Um, I don't charge for that, but you see what I'm saying? Right, like, right. Basically I'm doing all of these yep, jobs. Yep. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to always charge like four day rates, but I will keep that into consideration with pricing if I'm doing it all myself. Um, and especially on like stuff that I know I can pull off. Like you said, just show up with a camera and like minimal gear. That's easy. Um, but yeah, uh, so it doesn't really change, but on smaller projects, like I understand that it's like a friend or, right. um, a passion project kind of thing of like, Hey dude, like we're just trying to pull this together and this might go somewhere and like, Hey, kind of a favor thing. Um, but yeah, I think most, like most companies understand that like, well, we don't have the budget for like all out production for you to hire like your crew, like six different people or whatever. Um, but here's what we've got. What can you do with that? So, so then if you're, so you're doing that where you're billing for DP and director and editor or whatever it is, mm -hmm. do you line those out on an invoice of separate items or do you just like bulk it together? I what typically, I like to line things out. Um, I feel like it makes things more clear like on, so I, um, I, directed and DP'd uh, a regional Super Bowl ad in January for um, a company here in Dallas, uh, Mint Dentistry. Um, they approached me and were like, hey, it was like a really quick turnaround, but they're like, hey, like all hands on deck, let's go big. Like, let's do a Super Bowl ad. We got a spot. Um, so for that, I was director, DP, editor. So, um, so I lined each one out. Here's a a director day rate, here's DP's day rate, here's editor, like here's per, cause I think we did 
we did a 30 second spot and a 15 second spot. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the client feels like they understand more of what they're paying for. And I think that helps. Um, cause I used to just lump it all together. Cause in my mind, I know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Right. What, but, so the, the thing that like kind of, uh, I guess the apprehension or nervousness in my mind mm-hmm. is that they're going to look at that and go, well, why is there a director and a DP charge, but there's only one person here? Yeah, I thought that too. But then I thought, well, y'all are coming to me because Mint is a client of mine. Love those guys. Um, Mint's a client where I do a lot of the production, uh, like just me for them, right? So I already do like basically like wholesale stuff, videos for their internal, for training stuff. Um, So they approached me to, they just said, let's make it happen. Like hire the people. I could have hired a director and I probably should have. Um, But in that one, we just had to go so fast. Like from the phone call I got from their um, marketing guy to I'm turning in the final video to to Fox, 16 days. Yeah. Wild, so that's, with that one, <laughs> booking it. yeah. So that one, I'm like, well, I kind of have to direct. Yeah. Um, and then I'm in media. I was, we probably met four or five times and worked through creative and brought new ideas. And like the talent was Michael Irvin, um, from OG Cowboys, but that was not who was originally supposed to be in it. It was supposed to be Eric Badu. Uh, and that just, that just didn't work out. So a lot of <laughs> okay. things happening in between, um, to where like, like that's part of direction, right. Uh-huh. Is building the story, working out all the talent and all that stuff. So normally it, it sounds a little weird to like, be like, well, where, where's the other guy? Um, but on this one, like I said, it was so fast. Um, uh, it wasn't a big deal because the movement, the camera movements were really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, except for a big old whip pan that we did at the beginning, um, which was interesting. Whip panning an Alexa mini on a dolly as it's moving forward. <laughs> that was interesting. How did um, you do that? Uh, with, uh, the rest of my crew. So, okay. um, uh, yeah. So dolly grip is pushing forward and then, so a call action for, um, for dolly. And then I'm planning out in my head, my, AC, my first AC is ready. Um, call action for Dolly, then call action for talent. And right before they start speaking, I'm whipping. And it took, it took many tries, many takes, but eventually we got it. It's fun when it kind of comes together though. Oh, Especially yeah. whenever you can kind of see in your head and you're like sitting there for a second. You're like, how are we going to do this? Like, oh yeah. Okay. We, okay. 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 Yeah. I, I think I got it. All right. Dude, you, we you, went you through this. We went through like seven or eight different like creative ideas for that spot. Um, and eventually landed on like the, um, he's the playmaker and he's also a doctor. Like here's the game plan for your teeth kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so for all of that work, yeah, I don't, it, it didn't phase them and it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Like so much more goes into those roles than, you know, just showing up on production day. So, yeah. uh, what else, man? There was a what a Nike project you did a couple. Was it Adidas. Nike? Adidas. Yeah. Okay. It's funny because so backstory here. We actually recorded this <laughs> interview 
once before and I accidentally formatted the memory card before I download the files. <laughs> and ouch. I remember us having this conversation and I remember saying Nike and you going, Oh, it was Adidas. And I thought about that before we showed up here and I was oh, like, man. it's going to be funny if the same thing happens again. Bingo. And here we are. I love that that happened. That's yeah, a little throwback. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Adidas, you yeah. did a project for Adidas. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that kind of for sure? How that unfolded. Yeah, that was a, that was a crazy one too. Um, that, and what's funny is when I was <laughs> pitching on that, uh, I kept saying Nike, like in my office, <laughs> and Becca was like, babe, you can't do that. Like, you're going to slip. You have to, you need to like study Adidas. I was like, okay, okay. So basically, and here's like referral thing again, like a weird chain of events. So there's a co-working space here in Dallas called Her, Her HQ, and it's mm-hmm. like a female-based like workspace, super cool organization. Um, and one of their employees like was really close or went to school with or something, uh, one of the marketing directors at Adidas in Portland. Um, and they wanted to, they're like, Hey, let's team up like female bosses, like in an, um, in that space plus national running day. Could that be a thing? Like a, a female, like national running day race. Love it. Let's do it in Dallas. So the plan was to like, you know, be all decked out in Adidas gear and they would do this. I think it was like a 5k or something on national running day. And so they reached out to our friend, April, April Kirby, um, another filmmaker, and she was already booked. Um, I was like, Hey, I think she was, she might've been working on that. Um, that doc, the salt sisters thing. Okay. Um, and she's like, well, I can't do it. Do you know anybody else? And they, she referred them to me. So basically first they asked like, Hey, you know, it's just going to be a race. We basically need event coverage with a recap. I was like, okay. Um, and they're like, and also Adidas wants to know if this is her HQ I was talking with. And they're like, Adidas wants to know what would it cost to do like a second day shoot? where it's like a branded thing. Like let's go to really cool iconic places in Dallas um, and have like cool, like training stuff for Adidas women and Adidas training um, to like show off a little bit of Dallas and like have a cool, like female training vibe. I was like, Oh my God, hell yes. So, you know, I threw, threw that together and thought, okay, dude, this is freaking Adidas calling. Like, you know, all this, all this training and all like all this learning I've had up until this point, this is that day where you like kill it and stay up late and just like give the best thing you've ever seen. So I was like, I'm going to like put together a treatment like I would for like a music video or like a short film and give them the vibe and sell like the vision I would want to do for a branded shoot. Cause it was super like open-ended and a little bit vague. It was kind of just like, Hey, cool spots in Dallas, female runners training. What do you think? So I will, I put together this treatment over a couple of days, super polished, had it all together. Look at just really cool vibe and was like, all right, here's pricing for everything. What do y'all think? Um, 
And they came back and were like, and of course I'm like sweating bullets. Like <laughs> this could just be like event coverage and like, cool. I kind of got to work with the, you know what I mean? Right, right. Kind of got to work with a big brand. They came back and were like, oh my gosh, Adidas loved your treatment. Screw the event coverage. Like, let's just do the branded shoot. And I was like, oh, <laughs> holy crap. Like that's the dream, right? So yeah, we that's did it. That's a dream right there. You get called I mean, unless you just want to do event coverage, but getting called to do event coverage. Oh and yeah, I've I've done my fair share of event coverage. <laughs> I think we all have. Yeah, buddy. Um. So yeah, dude. We um. I eventually like talked with um. There were two team members, uh, that were on the marketing side for Adidas. We had a couple of conversations of just what things would look like. Um. And I played producer, director, DEP. Like I had my buddy Dustin was um was a gaffer on that. Um, but it was literally just a two man quick team. Um, but yeah, I locked down locations, uh, paid for permits. I did all the, you know, all the things. Um, and it was, it was just one day, full day shoot, um, at two different locations. Um, and they had a bunch of local, um, uh, women like decked out Dita stuff doing various like training things. And it was kind of supposed to be like a, um, like very intense, but also like intense workout kind of stuff like training, Uh but also like anybody could do this, right. You could go to your park and like, you know, you don't have to have a gym to, you know, do all this stuff, you know? Um, so they wanted it very like approachable that anybody could just do this. So we went to Katie trails um, Katie trail. I don't know what it's called. Um, but yeah, we had a couple spots there, um, where they're doing, um, like stair runs and then like jogging. And then there was a garage parking garage, um, the big AT&T like building. Uh, it's right next to it. They own it actually. Um, we did some like in the parking garage, like running up different routes and, um, doing a bunch of random things. So super, super crazy though. Like not, not like an agency. Hey, we have this client Adidas, uh, (laughs) that we'd like to hire a crew. It was just like such a weird little web of, you know, just good friends and, um, yeah, super, super fun. And there was, and they're like amazing people. What, uh, you mentioned that we had to pull permits and stuff like that with the city. What, can you talk through that process? Yeah, man. There? So that was another learning experience too. Cause I had never done that. Like, right. I'm just a DP. Like I don't, I don't have to deal with permits and like location stuff. I, you know, I didn't know how to do that. So I talked to a buddy and he's like, bro, you need to call the film commission like ASAP. Um, because this is a huge brand. Don't F it up. Like if anything you, you know, spent a couple hundred dollars on permits and no one cared, but at least you covered your butt and you don't just roll up like some, you know, photo shoot and just assume it's cool. So I was like, okay, okay, okay. So I reached out to Dallas film commission, uh, Houston film commission. Cause they had a bunch of connections too. Um, and they kind of, they basically just kind of held my hand and walked me through this whole process a little bit. Um, of like, Hey, here's who you need to talk to. They'll, you know, so I went, met with 
someone from Katie Trail just at their office and was like, hey, just explaining the whole deal. Super small deal. We'll have like eight uh, women talent just running and doing routes. We're only staying in this area. We've got two people on my crew, uh, the two team from um, Adidas and then like two from her HQ, super low key. And they're like, oh, cool. Yeah. We don't need to like block this off for like cop cars or anything. It's a trail. You know what I mean? So ended up being super easy. It was not that expensive. I think it was like 200 bucks. And we got like, I think they said we could be there as long as we wanted. Um, and then the 18th. Now is that 200 bucks to Katie Trail or to, yep. okay. Yeah. And then um, the AT&T parking garage thing was a little bit of a mess because it, the parking garage is like for lofts, but it's owned by AT&T. So I, I just went to the building and was like, hey, can I talk to somebody? And they're like, yeah, yeah, let me call my boss. And, and of course, this was like so last minute because I've never done this. I didn't know how long this would take to get this done. Right. A long time. Um, so it ended up that they didn't even have the authority to like give me a permit. They had to like call AT&T. And so I ended up eventually getting a hold of like the accounts manager for AT&T. Um, and I had to like, you know, I have liability and coverage for my business. Um, so obviously I had to fill out a form for that just in case anything happened on set, um, on their location that we'd be covered and they'd be covered if we did damage to their parking garage. I don't know how you do that, but, um, anyway, worked out really well and, uh, literally got their signature probably an hour before we showed up on set. <laughs> but I mean, that's on me. I should have secured that weeks before. So, so did you just go into it like acting like everything was chill and just kind of like, yeah, cheeks hoping that it all works out <laughs> or what? Like, yeah, Whoa. it was. Well, it was like a technicality. Like they had they had signed it. I had signed it. Everything was good. And then like day of, they're like, oh wait, this little line item needs to be changed. Technically, this zone is blah 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 blah. So we got to change this a little bit. Okay, I need you to sign it. And I'm like, I'm on lunch like we're we're about to head to your location so luckily my wife was at home and she could send me documents and DocuSign like it was it was nuts but we got it literally walking like to the elevator and I get an email I'm like oh okay guys we can keep going yeah I don't have to do another day of this carry on everybody yeah it was a little little hectic what uh now that you've been through that experience, mm-hmm. looking back, uh, would you, is there anything you'd do differently? <laughs> yeah, I would have. Um, I would have hired a director. I would have hired a grip and a couple PAs to like, like we talked about before, right? Having a producer as your go between um, to where you don't have to like talk through client detail and stuff like that. Um, I'm directing and DPing and ended up editing that, those pieces too. So, and locations and all that crap. Like think about a lot of details. And then I'm DITing, I'm offloading footage during lunch at a random location, not like in a secure van or anything, you know? So yeah, just, I would have hired more people. Um, even though I can do it, of course I can, but that's foolish. Mm. I should have hired that out had a crew with me so that we could all focus on project focus. I could focus more on like shots and making sure lighting's right. Um, and I don't think they would have 
had a problem with it. Like it was, it was great. Now those videos have never seen the light of day. Really? Correct. Interesting. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Have, do you have them on your website anywhere? Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought yeah. so. Um, and but I'm thinking about never doing, actually. No, it was a weird thing of like, well, actually they, we haven't talked about it. Um, but, um, yeah, none of the, they had a photographer there that day and their stuff didn't get used to either. I think it was, they told me like, cause I did, I did a ton of edits and they were like, Hey, these just aren't performing super well right now for us. Um, but like gifts are, so could we turn some of this stuff into gifts instead? I'm like, sure. Um, and, um, yeah, those didn't get used either, but did you charge extra for that? Uh, yes. Cool. Cause it's still an edit, you know? Right. 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 Um, just like I would, um, an extra day or overtime or yeah. edits a good way to put it. It's still edits. It's mm-hmm. just in Photoshop. Mm-hmm. That's pretty wild, man. So yeah, I mean, they got paid. Yeah. They I mean, out the money. that's pretty standard though. It. You think about how many like films, short films that are like multi-million dollar budgets like trying to like doing a pilot for a TV show is a good example. Yep. Like you're counting on like the success of this to t- tell you whether or not it's going to keep going. Yep. Right. So studios pour millions into that and it may just not perform well. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, well, sucks to suck. thanks for your I've, time. <laughs> I've heard of uh, companies that have money, you know, like bigger companies that really have money to throw around that will like hire out several crews and do several different productions and get the full finals and then be like, okay, we want to use this one mm. to like have options to go through. Man, Isn't that wild? What a world. I know, right? Call me. I, whoever, whoever, whoever's listening that you're that account manager. Like, look, I've got myself and a couple of other friends <laughs> and we can all do our own versions of your projects yeah, and sure. you can pay all of us. That's and right. if you don't like it, we'll do new ones for you and you can pay us again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what a world, man. That's not the way my business <laughs> operates no, usually, but uh, no. good for them. What, uh, do, you, do you operate with contracts? Uh, kind of. <laughs> Short answer, yeah. Um, I don't have like a, like a super official like contract thing. If it's for like a larger project like that, um, I just try to make my... I basically turn my bids into contracts. So it tells you everything that you're getting, when you're getting it, um, what to expect. Um, Cause some of these are kind of estimates. It's like, well, we estimate we'll need this for, you know, rentals or we estimate it'll cost this much to get to this location, whatever, but it may be higher, maybe lower. Don't really know. Um, so I basically turned that, into a contract and, and just sign below. Um, in the future, I will have to move to a contract based, um, system. Um, especially, you know, just being like, um, part of a crew. Uh, it's just, it's just good to have that, but currently not really. No, no. Has there been any, has there been anything that's happened along the way that's made you feel like that you should or been like, oh, man, I wish I had something in place this time. Mm, I've gotten extremely lucky that nothing like crazy, like, you know, a light fell on somebody or, you know, or, or a client just runs. Like it's pretty impossible in this day and age to just not pay something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've been really like with digital world invoices. Um, and most people are just good humans. So, um, 
yeah, I've been super blessed. Um, but I also know that shit happens. So mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of the day, I probably need to cover my butt just in case. Cause you just don't know. Yeah. Uh, what about, you mentioned insurance. Yeah. You have insurance. What do you use for that? And kind of what's like, what is your thought process behind process behind that and, and how your coverage works? Yeah. Um, so that my opinion on that has changed now after the Super Bowl commercial, because just, we rented a lot. Um, we rented, um, a mini, a dolly skates, dolly track, um, ultra primes, uh, Hudson spider. Like we, it was a good laundry list of very pricey gear. And so with just the standard procedure of rental houses, like they're not just going to give that to anybody. You know what I mean? They got to have something on file that says if stuff goes down, like we're covered. So, um, before that we had like a general liability, like gear coverage just for like me and my wife's gear at our home. So like separate from like renters insurance or whatever, just to like, Hey, if it, you know, if my car gets broken into and someone steals gear, it's covered. Um, but after renting all that stuff, um, from a local rental house here, they require you to have like, um, just different insurance. And it's basically legit covers everything. If someone were to just like steal the van and everything's gone. So haven't got that coverage yet. And I actually talked with, um, the owner's wife about that, um, from the rental house of like, yeah, not everybody talks about this stuff and there's not really a great option for like individuals to, cause it was hell expensive. Like mm. I had to get like a short term policy, um, just to cover that gear for production days. Just and, for that one shoot. Yep. So I guess you um, just roll all that into the cost, like build that back to client. Yeah, okay. for sure. Um, but yeah, it was expensive and like, I can't afford that every month. That's insane. That's like a freaking rent note. So, yeah. so currently I had just have to do it like that. Um, but we do have the policy, like if someone were to break in our car or God forbid our house, like that would be covered cool. after a deductible. But well, dude, then you might check out, uh, I, I have coverage through Hiscox. Mm-hmm. I, I, That's who we have. Okay. Yeah. And I think mine's like, mine will cover like my gear and I, I think it'll do rental vehicles. Oh, sick. I forget what all it is, but it's okay. basically like all my gear gets covered if. An avalanche happens and I feel like if something happens and a client's like not happy, oh, okay. Is there some way that I can like refund them their money, but not, not lose, lose it on your money end. on my end yeah. or something like That's that. Killer. It's like 40 or 50 bucks a month. What? My policy. I think I'm going to do that for every client. Like, Maybe 80 bucks a month. I don't know. Oh, here's your money back. It's all good. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I just need you to complain. <laughs> Call here and file a complaint for That's me, right. please. I'm like, this is kind of weird. It's just it's funny. We never got our money back either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's strange. Everybody's usually asking for referrals and five-star ratings. He's one of us to talk shit about him. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, that's a killer deal. I'll have to look into that because, yeah, because I, I foresee many, many rentals to come. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't actually needed it for rental stuff yet. I don't really trying to think. Actually, let me think about this. 
there's been one place, lensrentals.com. Yep. They actually, when I've rented through them, there's like a couple other places here that I've looked into before, but they needed, like they required it and I didn't have it. And so I was like, eh, I'm not going to set anything up. Yeah. And then Bolt. Oh Bolt yeah. Productions. Mm-hmm. They're great. I think there's, I think you're technically supposed to, but they have never asked me for insurance. Yeah. I think it's just when you get to like, Hey, I'm renting like a lot. I mean, we rented $300,000 worth of gear. Oh yeah. From MPD. Yeah, so yeah, it's usually like, I'm like, uh, let me cop that stand. Can and I get that, that four lens. by? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you got any Astro panels in today? Cool. I'll take one. Hey, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, dude, what other stuff do you want to talk about here, man? What kind of, um, it's important for freelancers to know. From yeah, your dude. Um, I feel like for like the whole, our whole freelancing community, I would say, um, just like I talked about with like connecting with other creatives, don't be afraid to reach out to people and just, just be a bro. Like everyone's just a human at the end of the day. I actually have really crazy, like, um, um, what's it called? Like, uh, I'm really intimidated by like people of success or like, you know, very starstruck. Right. Like hardcore. Like, oh my gosh. It's, it's bad that person. Yeah. My wife thinks it's hilarious, but I'm like, Oh, fangirl. This ben. is great. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it could be like on the smallest level of like, you're a grip for this one, you know? So I have to, it, it takes some serious work, but I think that's huge, man. Like we're all just humans and we're all just out there trying to make something cool. Yeah. Um, so just reach out and have a, com- start a conversation. Um, because so many amazing things have happened for me, just like starting like a small conversation that is intentional, that is specific, not just, Oh dude, your, your work in general is sick. Um, so yeah, start that conversation. If you want to be doing the thing that someone else is doing, buy them coffee and just chill and like sit there and learn. Um, cause I've learned so much from people that I've admired for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and now like I'm getting to work with them and it's insane. Like I would have never, I, I would not have known how to do that before. You know yeah. what I mean? Kind of takes time though, right? Oh, for sure. A lot of it's not like, I'm going to meet them and they're hiring me. Like, no. And it might take a couple of years sometimes. For sure. Oh, absolutely. Like, um, yeah, man, like. And you, and I don't think anybody can expect that too. like, like, don't go in like, all right, I want to be on that guy's set. Um, like I'm going to go buy him coffee and I might just buy him a bag of beans on the way out and he'll remember me and here's my business. (laughs) You know, like, don't be that guy. Um, but, uh, at the end of the day, if nothing else, like you learned something amazing and just got to chill with someone you admire, like have that like picture. It's like, um, like deacons you're having coffee with, right? He's never going to hire you. <laughs> He's yeah. not going to hire me. But like, that was an awesome conversation. Holy crap. What a yeah. legend. Make your metric of success, like getting to talk to them. Right. Like- a- absolutely. And, and I think, I think it's easy to blur that line a little bit of, gosh, I want that level of success, that level of creativity, that level of budget, whatever. Um, and forget about why we're doing this, mm-hmm. which is to create. Mm-hmm. Um, which is to tell stories, which is, um, to be a part of a community. Like that's huge for me. I'm such like an extroverted person that gets their life from being with people. That's why I love filmmaking. It's cause we're all in it together and uh-huh. we're 
looking at angles and ooh that could ooh what if we pulled in this thing right here oh man that just let's all nerd out together that's the best sit around talk about gear and yeah and, dude and, and like stuff. like lighting uh-huh. techniques and little textures and little all the things yeah we could do that for hours so yeah go talk to that person reach out to them be humble and be ready to listen i think that's huge uh are there any services that you use that help you run your business? Hmm. Um, I love Frame.io. It's amazing. Like a video, um, it's like a platform to like uh, review videos and like leave comments and stuff. Um, so it's great for client work where I, I send them an invite um, and whenever new videos are uploaded, they get an email notification. Hey, this new thing just popped up, go check it out. And they can write back real time comments on the timeline of like any changes or visions. And then I can literally drag that string of comments into premiere on the timeline. So when I'm editing, I go to that first comment at like one Oh three or whatever. And that's, it's on the shot that I'm oh, editing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Super clutch. That's pretty sick. How much does that cost you? So I think it's, let's see, uh, for 50 gigs, cause you can create as many projects, invite a bunch of people. Okay. Um, so it's a storage space based. Yeah. So I think for 50 gigs, it's like 30 bucks a month. Okay. And then for 200 gigs, it's a hundred bucks a month. I just downgraded off the a hundred bucks a month one. That was during coronavirus. Uh, oh man, it's like, hey, okay, can everybody download their footage and then let me know so I can delete it and downgrade? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, or pay me. Yeah, subscribe. Or, yeah, subscribe to save your stuff. That's it's easy. Right. Or you know, book me again. Um, so yeah, that's a big one. Um, and then uh, yeah, just waking up early and getting stuff done. That's hey, that's that's transformed my business. For sure. Uh, you mentioned frame.io. Any, any other like um, services or platforms? Like I use like Airtable or Dropbox or anything I, I did like Dropbox that. for the longest time, but for revisions, that's where it became a nightmare because if they want to change seven things, that's all in an email and then we're talking about other stuff and then it just gets lost in the crap. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like Frame.io because it's all right, it's all right there. there. It's consolidated. I don't have to dig through emails and guess and they're not giving time code. Like, yikes. That's why I love Frame.io. This is really intriguing hearing you talk about this because I didn't realize what all it was capable of or what it was. And, yeah. And I'm thinking through that and I'm like, dude. God, dude, I hate having to deal with that. Yep. It's worth it, bro. Check it out. Um, I think I can send you like an invite and we both get like 20 bucks off or something. That'd be cool. Or if you don't, Frame.io. through for me to start using that, but... hey Yeah, so that's a big one. Um, and then education-wise, I think um, there were a couple of Patreon accounts that I'd subscribe to just to, like, again, like, learn from dudes that I admire. Um, one of them doesn't exist anymore. It's by a director DP named Morgan Cooper um, out of Kansas City incredible, incredible DP and director. Um, and he had just, I think it was like twice a month he would upload stuff. So it doesn't exist anymore. He's just not had the show anymore. 
Uh, yeah, basically he, he had it for the longest time and I was just like gobbling up knowledge of, um, of lighting techniques of, um, a lot of lighting techniques. Um, but, uh, yeah, then he did a passion project that blew up and like, I'm talking blew up and now he's like repped by an a company in LA as a director and he's doing big things. Okay, so okay, a little less time to run so a Patreon channel. Okay. okay that, that makes sense then. Okay, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think there are a lot of like, as far as DPs and like film industry for creatives, I think finding some of those people on Patreon, um, that do that like multiple times a month upload, like here's BTS of this feature that I did, or here's how I like to light faces in exterior, you know, nighttime. Um, that's game changer, dude. Cause no one like, unless you're just sitting down with someone that's doing that, like you, you don't have access to that. And yeah. for 20 bucks a month, yeah, that's a done deal. Yeah. So cool, man. Uh, any final thoughts? Um, yeah, excited for the future, little scared, uh, of what it's going to be. Um, obviously not just COVID happening right now, but just crazy, um, racial injustice and police brutality taking place all over the country. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm prayerful that change is coming uh-huh. on a grand scale. Don't know how that's going to happen yet, but I know that me and my wife and my friends are certainly, certainly trying to listen and learn right now. Yeah. Same. So it's a really weird time, man. For Especially because sure. we haven't ever experienced anything like this growing up. Right. It's all been pretty cushy. At least for yep. me, it has been. And so, uh, I don't know. I look at it as people of, we as a, as a collective, uh, humanity, I guess, have lost mm-hmm. our false sense of security. Yeah. And now we're like, oh, what do we do? Yeah. I was That's really like, important. I was laughing at memes uh, six months ago. And now, like, you know, I'm trying to learn and um, use my voice to help people uh, if I can. So, yeah, it's, it's wild how I'll be interested to see how this changes um, the film industry. And like you said, just humanity at large, like what, what will, what changes will happen right now that, um, that will all be completely changed by and change every, the way we do business and live our lives. Um, but I'm hopeful. I'm really, I really am. Like, I know there's a lot of shit going down, but, um, I know that this kind of stuff kind of has to happen Mm -hmm. sometimes or, or not doesn't have to happen. I shouldn't say that. Um, beautiful things come out of like the, the crazy shit yeah. storm that happens. You know That's what I mean? It's kind of the, I feel like it's the purging, like refining moments that really kind of yeah. force us to, uh, at least in this current time with the coronavirus and all this stuff kind of, for me, it's made me really uh, reevaluate what's important to me. Seriously, man. And, uh, I find myself, being a bit more intentional with how I spend my time and mm. who I spend my time with. Yeah. And so 
That's really good. I don't know. It's been really great for me. It's been mm. tough in a lot of ways, but sure. I think that those valley moments and those lows are kind of are like the weird times like that are really what pushes us to get through to the other side. For sure, man. If we look at it as an opportunity to, to do that versus being held back. Absolutely. Anyway, dude, that's great. Thanks for coming on, man. Dude, thanks for I'm having me. Try to Round make two. sure that I uh, actually dump these files this time and don't <laughs> I'll format make sure my memory you, card. <laughs> I'll watch you do it. I'm not leaving until it's backed up at three spots. What? Uh, where can people find you and your work, my man? Um, so on Instagram, um, uh, at Ben Crin and website bencrin.com. Um, yeah, got a couple projects in the works right now, so be fun. Cool, man. Thanks so much. Uh, there's a few different projects that we talked about today. Mint Dentistry spots for the Super Bowl this last year. Uh, the Adidas, not Nike, Adidas stuff. That's right. And, uh, I'm going to have to listen back through. There was something else that we mentioned. Oh, frame.io. That was that. Um, So I'm just going to put some links in the show notes to some of that work and those different services. Thanks for tuning in. And if you found this episode helpful, don't forget to go leave a rating and a review because it always helps us. Thanks so much for being with me, Ben. Thanks, dude. Until next time. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. I currently have one more episode recorded for next week that will come out. And then after that, I'm not really sure what's going to be happening with the show because as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I've been really busy with work projects. And whenever I think about this podcast and I've talked about before the things that we do as freelancers, seeing them and treating it as a business. Well, the podcast, I feel like I have to do the same thing with, and it just has not been making money the last three years that I've been doing it off and on. It actually loses money, which has been okay because it's fun and it's been a passion project that I've done, but I'm kind of at a turning point now where it has taken too much time. So either I need to be able to find a way to hire people to help produce the show, which takes money, which is where patrons come in, which if you'd like to be a part of that, you can go over to patreon.com slash vacacy and be a patron for $3 a month. That just basically says, I want to be a part of the show and help out the show as much as I can, uh, you know, at least $3 worth financially. And, uh, and then in the meantime, I'm kind of trying to rethink what I'm going to do with the show. So basically the thoughts in my head currently are, I'm going to put out the episode that I have next week. It's a really great one. You don't want to miss it. And it just got done about a month ago. So it is very relevant and current. Uh, And then after that, I'm considering instead of doing the podcast format in the way that I have, which requires some editing time and whatnot, actually switching over to more of a live show format where I do some sort of telecall, probably Zoom, with the interviewees and then broadcast live via YouTube or Instagram or Twitch or Facebook or something along those lines. So uh, this is kind of where your input would be really helpful. If you could let me know what you think I ought to do. Uh, The easiest way to do that is just to send me a direct message on Instagram at Casey. And uh, because I'm kind of at a place right now where I'm really torn. Uh, I love doing the show. I love talking to people and hearing their stories. And I've gotten enough feedback that I feel like that it's something other people like hearing as well. And it's helpful. And so for those reasons, I really want to keep doing it because that's why I started doing the podcast back in 2017 altogether. 
but then part of me is also considering just pulling the plug on it and moving on because I have been doing it for three years and it is starting to take so much time. So if there's a way that I can find to continue producing the show that it's not taking me as much time as it is, but I'm still be able, but I'm still able to create a great show for everyone. I'm totally down to do it. And like I've mentioned before, really, when I look at things, I try to look at it through a lens of, is it a win for everybody? And if it's not, then ultimately it's a lose for everybody. And so I'm looking for a way that I can continue producing the podcast and it be a win for everyone because the way I've been producing it this year in particular has really not been a win for me. And uh, just because, like I said, of the amount of time that it takes me for post-production and and whatnot. So please, you know, it'd be great if you could let me know what you think. I'd love to hear your input because the show really is for you, the listeners, just as much as it is for me getting to talk to people. Anyway, that's all I have for you. I'll be back with you next week with another great interview. Freelance Freddy is a Vacacy production. Vacacy is a freelance content creator based in the United States and available worldwide. Vacacy, big production value, freelance agility and scale. 